Welcome to ETOP Academy. I'm your host, Richard Walsh, best-selling author of Escape the Owner Prison. The contract was new with scale, regain control, and fast-track growth while loving life. A magnificent guest today. I'm coming up with all the cool big words for my introductions. A magnificent guest, Joseph Toppy. He's going to be on. We are talking about Let's talk financial intelligence, all right? That's the big scoop I'm going to talk. He's going to fill you in on exactly what he does right now. Joseph, come on board. How you doing today? Good, thank you. Uh, yeah, Joseph Toppy here, high-performing contractor. So um, with high-performing contractor, what I mainly focus on is the financial aspect. Just like you said, you know, that financial intelligence piece to owning and operating um, a company in the trades um, so within high performance contracting, that is our, our main focus. We also look at leadership and employee management and strategic systems and processes, because at the end of the day, you know, um, strategic systems and processes is what it takes compiled with financial intelligence to have longevity in the game. Absolutely, man. These are uh, near and dear to my heart, all these topics. I love this stuff. You know, we teach on this stuff too, man. This is so important. It's so, it's so overlooked. And I'm sure with all your experience, you, you probably agree on the same thing. It's so overlooked. It's, it's got to be up in that in the top three, you know, that you need to focus on that isn't, it's kicked kind of to the bottom 10. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. And I think uh, one of the the biggest things is having that accuracy of numbers, right? Um, I remember getting started early on and I thought, man, you know what? Bidding a job, going out, looking at a job, building a job. It was all about getting the job, right? Because I, I was hungry. I needed money. I, you know, and it took a few years for me to really realize that at the end of the day, um, the game of business is is a game of, of money and, and financial intelligence. And, you know, um, I, I developed the theory and the concept from that, that, you know, bidding isn't about getting a job, but whether you're bidding or quoting a, a, a project, you know, all it is is recovering your costs, recovering your expenses and getting paid to do it. And uh, making sure that you're able and you have the financial intelligence to, you know, one, know what your costs and expenses are, right? Have that clarity of, you know, what things are costing you. Because if you don't know what they're costing you, then how do you know what you're charging is enough? Um, and, you know, having that ability to know, having that clarity to know, and then just recovering it. And uh, if you can do that and get paid to do it, that's essentially what bidding is. That's awesome. I'll, I'll give you a quick example of what you're talking about too, because you know you, you can't just round up, right? You can't just round up on your estimates. But in the last eight months, what have we seen? Okay, you're talking construction, right? Six hundred percent increases in lumber. Yeah. You know the unavailability of lumber. I mean, think about this stuff. If you're bidding as usual, okay, you're not even going to be. I don't care you. You can double it. And you're not there, right? You're talking six times the normal cost. That can just destroy the whole job. The whole, I mean, you'd be negative, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think that's, that's the whole part of it. You know, we can look at the, um, 
you know, the lumber and, and the issues that are going on availability. I, I mean, that's a great thing to hit on. Um, you know, I've spoken with a lot of uh, contractors over the last few months. And one of the issues is availability, not over lumber, but of, you know, employees, things like that. And if you're not taking into consideration the impact that that has on your company, and whether it's wait times, whether it's increased of costs, um, whether it's scheduling, I mean, all of these play a crucial role in impacting the financial picture of your business. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's again, when you're talking, there's so many factors, right? Like you just nailed like eight. Okay. So, I mean, there's just, there's so many factors and that's just off the tip of your tongue. Right. So I think the importance here is understanding that tracking all these numbers now, again, you're not doing it with a, you know, with a, a literal piece of paper and a pencil, but if you can build it into a system and have that as a routine standard operating procedure right in the business, that's kind of what you develop, right? You basically put that in because you, you have to be able to track this. You've got to see what's coming out the other side, or it's just, it's loss after loss after loss, or, wow, I made 3% on that, 2% on that, you know? not exactly going home and exciting the wife with that, with that number, right? No, exactly. And I think, you know, the thing you hit on there with tracking is so important. Uh, you know, I, I said early in the game, you know, I, I just kind of went out to, to bid to get a job. Um, but one of the things that I developed that was, you know, when I started to look at running a business through the mindset of, you know, having financial intelligence and knowing that it's deeper than just, you know, the numbers I scribble on a piece of paper. Um, I actually went out and I, I developed my own program that I, I call Construction Numbers Mastery. But the whole premise of it was bringing accuracy to, okay, you know, what does my employee cost me? You know, if I pay him $25 an hour, he doesn't cost me $25 nope. an hour, right? But what exactly to the penny is he costing me an hour? Because again, a comment I made early in the show is if I don't know what he's costing me, then how do I know what I'm charging for him is enough? And it trickles down to, you know, not only employees, but equipment, vehicles, the management staff that are sitting in the office um, down to what is my overhead budget for the year and having accuracy with that. Now, um, so I, I developed this for myself so that I could see exactly what the accuracy and what those numbers were. But then a part of it that I, I included was trackability. So, you know, one of the things that I, I kind of, I geek out with numbers. I'm the full, you know, complete number math nerd. Um, and it's really helped me in, in business, but, you know, being able to track data because data produces metrics and the metrics produces wise decisions in business. And I always say that, you know, someone that, you know, if you go through business and you're not tracking data, you're like uh, blinking off of the movie Robin Hood Men in Tights. I don't know if you've ever seen it there, yep. but uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, there's the character named Blinking, right? 
And Robin Hood, there's a scene where Robin Hood rides into Sherwood Forest and he's lo- he looks up and Blinken is in the, the watchtower and, you know, Blinken's blind. And he goes, Blinken, what are you doing up there? And Blinken goes, I'm guessing. And when we don't track data and we don't know what our numbers are, that's what we're doing in businesses. We're going through business just guessing. Um, and I think that's really, I know a lot of people that I talk with that, that tends to be the issue and, and the reason why they're not as profitable as you know they should be. They're not as efficient or effective as they should be because they're going through the financial side of their business just guessing. I agree. I, you can't improve what you don't measure. So you you have to you have to keep your eyes on that. And again, I talk about this a lot too about dealing. You know, focus on your five percent of the business. And this is one of those that does mean you have to. You know, I I prefer to have you a math nerd because you don't want me doing any of your math. Trust me. But I want an expert to do it. But at the same time, I want the at a glance. I want a daily at a glance to see where we're at. You know, Absolutely. that's what I need. You know, I don't need to get into all the minutiae. Just you keep right. them three, four numbers on the bottom, okay, daily. So I know where we're at and what's going on. You know what I mean? And I can build, I can build from that just so we know. But that is another thing that you can't be looking at twice a year. Okay, that is a disaster. All right, this is this is like the lifeblood, right? So you've this this kind of these kind of systems, these numbers, this trackability. This ability to measure is so important to your business, and it's something you have to focus on. Even like again, you got to break. I know like my limits, right? I'm I'm not, I'm not going to be hovering over a spreadsheet all day, right? But I want to see that I I know the basics, right? And if you're able to compile that in the system, they can spit out the numbers that I need to make my adjustments. Because you cannot adjust twice a year; you are adjusting weekly, daily monthly, you're continually adjusting these numbers, and that's how you're going to maintain your profit margins, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, and this is what I, you know, I struggle with, with a couple aspects, like the traditional bookkeeping system, um, when it comes to a business, if you're relying solely on that, or, um, or if you're doing quarterly reviews, uh, or even monthly reviews, you know, um, a month down the road is sometimes too late to make the shifts. And it's, it's kind of like the story of the farmer who for 20 years drove his tractor out in the field a mile to drop off feed. And every day for 20 years, he went in the same path. And, you know, after that 20 years, there was ruts. And I, he could pretty much put the tractor in it, let go of the steering wheel and the tractor would go to the same spot. Well, one day when he got to the beginning, to the entrance of the field, he turned his steering wheel a quarter of an inch. Well, by the time his tractor went a mile, he was so far away from the feeding ground that he couldn't even see it. And it's just that small little shift. But if we're not, if we're going down a path of failure or loss, and we're not making these little shifts because we don't have the awareness of it, because we're waiting till month end, we're waiting till quarter end, we're waiting till our accountant gets us back our record to year end. 
it's too late. We can't make those little shifts. So we're just running in the rut of failure day after day, week after week, month after month. Yeah, the other thing on that too, the great point of what you just said is it's even, even if you waited a month or two months, you can, even if you started to correct, you've lost two months, okay? You're not, it's gone. You're not gonna make that up. You know, earlier correction, same thing. It's just like steering a ship, shooting a gun, right? If you adjust yeah. your windage, you're doing your sight, you're, you're sighting in. If you, you know, it looks like the gun's both going the same way, right? But if you're off just at half a degree, okay, you won't even hit the target down the road, okay? But again, from the outside, oh, you got it dialed in. You don't have it dialed in. The guy who's looking at the real numbers, you know, tracking the stuff like you said, day in and day out, you know, having something that's doing that for them, I'm air quoting here, you know, if you've got the system for that, man, that's a, that's a big game changer for your business. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it goes back to that, you know, that program that I, I developed for my company, right? When I did that, because again, you know, I plug in all my numbers. It tells me exactly what things are costing. I was able to track everything. And, you know, I, I'll tell you a funny story with it. I think it's fun. But again, this goes back to me being a nerd. So when I developed this and implemented it, I was running a fairly large commercial industrial concrete company. So what I implemented was a system of trackability. We would track on job site, um, man hours, and a metric. So for instance, two foot grade beams, I would track how many man hours it took to do a lineal footage of forming a two foot grade beam. And then I would track, you know, the, the tying of the rebar, the, the pouring of it, the stripping of it, right? And I would track these all separately. And I would throw them into my, into this program. And after three or four jobs, I would be able to say, okay, on average, it takes me, you know, two man hours per lineal foot of grade beam. And now, not only do I have that accuracy, but now when I'm bidding, how easy is it to go, okay, it's 120 feet of grade beam, it's going to take me, you know, two man hours per foot. And then I, I know what my labor cost is, to the penny so I can throw it on. I know what my markup needs to be to cover the profit I wanna see and the overhead that I have so I can mark it up accurately. And it produced accurate, guaranteed, profitable numbers. But I would track, you know, again, I would do a couple jobs, produce what the metrics were, and then I would look, okay, maybe two months down the road, when I had more jobs, relook at it. Oh man, you know what? It's not two man hours. It's like two and a half man hours. Now I can make that shift and I can make that adjustment until I have a, um, a case study or a large enough sample size to where I'm producing pretty accurate, pretty average numbers. Um, and then just through that tracking and knowing what my numbers were, I was able to not only price more accurately, not only guarantee profitability. And I knew at the end, I knew when I started the job, what my profits were going to be at the end of the job. But now I was able to cut my bid time from a so a commercial set of 
blueprint would take me on average to figure everything out a large project. You know, it would be about a day, day and a half. I could do it in about three to four hours at the end of it because I had the metrics to tell me how many man hours it took me to do anything. Yeah, I'll tell you, there's nothing better than saving time on estimates. Okay. For sure. In a good way, right? They're accurate, yep. but you save time. Not because you left four things off, you know, and you just cost yourself three right. grand. But what I'm saying is like, so let me ask you this then. So I'm the average contractor guy. I come to you, you know, I need I need to build this into a system. Okay, I have a business, I build custom homes. Okay, so what what do I do? How do I, where do I begin? You know, is this something you help me with? What do these guys do to be able to have a system they can plug in these metrics, you know, again, decrease their time in estimating, increase their profitability, you know, totally measurable, you know, and be able to project all these, all these costs. Right, for sure. And, you know, it's, a, it's exactly what you said. It's, it's coming in and it's building the systems. And I always recommend, and it's not because it's the business I'm in, but I always recommend them working with somebody that's doing it, right? That knows it, um, that can come in and look at their business through, you know, through lenses that are not tainted, you know, um, and really build the systems within. So typically what I'll do in a situation like that is I'll come in with a company and it's, I mean, anytime you're building systems or doing a deep dive into something, it's a longer type of a relationship, a three to six month relationship generally. And so come in, look at what they currently have, where they're currently are at, uh, kind of do a discovery and then look at the systems that they need and start working with them to develop them, develop, okay, I generally, again, I'm a little biased to my program that I developed. So I'll generally plug them into that, get all of their numbers into it, get them starting to track, starting to collect data, um, work out processes with their field guys to start tracking the data and then essentially give everyone a metric. You know, if everyone in, everyone in the team or on the team, everyone in the company should have a metric, even down to the, you know, the lady answering the phone. Um, you know, one company that I went into that implement that the lady answering the phone, her metric was two. The phone was only allowed to ring two times before she answered it, you know, and what that does is it gets everyone into the habit of being able to produce a metric, produce a a number. So again, that's uh, typically what I would do is just come in and, and work with them to take control over their numbers, uh, produce the systems around it. That way they can bid profitably and have a longevity of systems. I like that, you know, two, two things that you said. First, first thing that I run, you, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? So you don't have to have a customized one of a kind, you know, tracking metrics for your business. If the template's already there, plug in your, you know, your differentials and run with it, right? The other thing 
that I think you said, whether it's three or six months or longer, people think of a system as like, oh, I'm gonna snap my fingers and I got a system and I don't have to worry anymore, right? Well, guess what? It doesn't work that way. You know, newsflash. Yes, we all talk systems and process, you need them, but it's it's not, I, turn, I flip a switch. Okay, that, that's what people need to understand. But you also have to look like, what is six months? It's nothing. It's nothing in the lifespan of your business. It's nothing in the increased profitability, the time savings, the freedom you're going to create for yourself, you know, the ability to avoid, you know, human errors, the ability to avoid, um, you know, things that aren't completed, you know, they because they won't let you finish until you finish, you know, that kind right. of stuff. You know, there's huge value to that, but you just have to have the foresight and the understanding to know what's involved in putting in a system because it's just all the buzzword, right? Systems, processes, I get it. Yeah, we all want it. But, and people literally think you like, I mean, you could just snap a finger in your head, but you really take any CRM, right? Think, oh, it's a CRM. It's already, yeah, it's already built. Wait till you try to use it. Okay. I mean, some are super detailed, some are simple, but you got to actually put the information in. You got to learn how it operates. You know, what level do you want to operate in the CRM at? You know, because you got all kinds of geeks making, they'll, they'll take you to the moon and back right? And be smiling the whole way. That's all good. But you only need to go next door. Okay, so you've got to understand, you know, what your needs are for one. So you don't waste time on systems that you're not you haven't grown into yet. You know, maybe yeah, maybe it should be scalable. You need to know that that's like the yours. Let's say it's scalable, right? As I grow from, you know, zero to a million, million to five, five to 10 million. But that same process should be able to grow with me. But in the beginning, I don't I don't need the 10 million when I'm only making one million. Right. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest things, too, is, you know, like you're saying that um, one that longevity uh, or the duration, yeah, systems aren't built overnight. And one of the things that I always find is, and the reason why I prefer to come in as a kind of that third party, is so many times I've heard people say, well, you know what, on my, my the off season or downtime or okay. during the winter, I'm going to build out a, you know, process or system and it never happens. And one of the biggest reasons is, you know, the person that you're talking to, they're good at something. They're good at whether it's a carpentry business or whether it's, you know, they're an electrician or a plumber, whatever it is, they're good at that. Building systems in a business, I've yet to really find a business owner in the trades that is like a super rock star at getting down to the nitty gritty, doing the paperwork building the system, you know, because that's not their, their strong suit. That's not their specialty. Right. Can I change a plug? Yes. Am I going to zap the heck out of myself? Probably. <laughs> right. But I can do it, but I hire an electrician to do it because he's good at it. He's efficient at it. He knows what he's doing. Um, and that's, you know, getting somebody in to build the systems because again, it doesn't, it's not an overnight, it's not a snap at a finger, like you said. Uh, but then also the one aspect that I uh, really emphasize on heavily is being hands-on on the implementation process. Uh, because, I mean, how many times have we've gone to, you know, a, 
a seminar or we've seen, you know, a good webinar, we've bought a new tool or a new software, but we, we sucked at implementing it, right? Because we've been left to take what we've gathered, the information we gathered, or we've left to the, the system or the software or the program to implement it ourselves in and amongst all of the day-to-day stuff that we're trying to do to keep our business up and running. And we suck at the implementation process where, you know, again, having that third party there to help you through the implementation. And that's probably the, uh, the biggest thing I've seen in systems that fail, processes that fail, strategies that fail, goals that fail is just, not implemented um, with care, attention, and properly. Yeah, it's a good point because it's just like back to CRM or anything else. You got to use it. Okay, yep, then, absolutely. You know, it's like it's like having a you know a custom engine built for your car and you never give it for a drive. <laughs> you know what's the point? And just so you know, you have it. I did have a, a client like that, but he had a lot of cars. It's just like you know, he had it, but he had the money for that. Okay, in your business. All right, you got to take this stuff for a spin. You know, you got to get accustomed to it. You got to take your team through step by step by step and then work out all the new bugs that may come up. You know, find out what's really working for them, right? Figure out what what they're comfortable with, where their hiccups are, you know, what they're leaving out and fine tune it. That's again, part of the process. That's why it doesn't happen overnight. But if you're not going to use it, there you go. It's like tell people like from a fitness standpoint, you know, all diets work if you do them. Right. What happens when you stop? That's the only question. Yeah, it's a great pill for losing weight. What happens when you stop? Oh, you gained 60 pounds back? Oh, cool. Can't wait to see that. Right? It's the same thing. Exactly. You, stop, you, you build your systems, you use them for a little bit, and you stop using them. Well, you're going to be back to where you were eight months ago. Right? Same problem. So when you commit to a system, uh, no matter what it is, whether it's custom-built um, it's, it's something that's available now, template, you plug in your own thing, all that stuff. You have to make a commitment to see it through. That's what you're talking about. You got to see this through, make it work. Okay. Because I will tell you that nothing is perfect. Nothing's going to cover every single base that you could possibly have in business because then everyone would own a business. All right. But that's just the nature of business. But when you've got the bulk of it, when you got the 90 plus percent you know, in systems, in processes, documented, your people can follow it, a new employee can come in, plug right in, and they're humming in two days. Okay, that's what you need, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I found, a, I'll tell you a quick story. I found the importance of systems. Um, it was one of, uh, one of my earlier companies. And what it was is we were having issues with, you said, a new employee coming in, right? We were having issues with new employees coming in. And then the time it took to train them and acquaint them with the job and get them plugged in. And what would happen is we'd throw them on the site and it would slow the productivity of the job site down because you have the guys that are on the site trying to get this employee, you know, up and running and trained and things like that. So what I created was the, I termed it your way. And we developed a training program was just a a part of our system, but we went through the whole company 
created different systems from the operations to the back end to the way we managed our accounts payable, accounts receivable, invoicing, everything. And we, we termed that the name of the company at the time was called iConstruction. So it was the iConstruction way. So even when someone would go, okay, how do I, you know, frame this wall? It was the iConstruction way. That was the answer because we had training on it. And when I would say, you know, you do it the iConstruction way, everybody in the company knew exactly what that was step-by-step. So one, there was efficiency because it wasn't, you know, multiple different ways, depending on, you know, the preference of the person at the time, Um, everybody spoke the same language. And um, I I found the efficiency and the effectiveness was incredible with it. Because again, everybody's on the same page, there's a system in it, you know, it's, like the Ford assembly line, you know, a guy that didn't install the steering wheel the same way day over day over day. And then two years down the road, go, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to install different today. No, that doesn't fly. Right. He's got a system down. He's got the way he does it. It's as efficient as possible. So he continues to do that way. The guy that takes over from him is trained in the same way to do it. And it's how you become efficient and more profitable. Exactly. I, I talk about that a lot in my academy courses too, about exactly the same thing is you take it those, you know, you, you go to the, the high level operator's manual, right? Someone comes into a position, you've got video. My big thing with video too was I'd always do all the training in video, especially now when everyone's got a phone, the whole thing. They can be learning their job when they're at home, you know? And they can learn their job while they're at work and they don't have to bring the question to you when there's training on it. Oh, absolutely. That's not just efficient. That's like, thank you for taking that burden off me, the owner, having to walk this person through. You know, so there's things like that. Again, yes, they take a little bit of time. But what I also did was I put, say, I have an office manager. and She pretty much knows the whole gig, right? That's the idea. She's running the whole show. We started creating trainings. But the same thing. Well, let's do that in video. Let's let's record a screenshot. Let's see what it actually looks like while you do it. Now let's record that. Let's put it in the in the vault, right? So the next new person comes in. Well, here it is. Look, then they get to see it being done. They can watch it nine times if they want, you know, and then make it work. You know, they can review it later. You know, I did it with sales training too. I created the entire digital presentation. Then I created me doing the presentation on video so they can watch it over they got a transcript to the presentation they could actually read word for word right so they got then they got to see me present it to someone all on video they can watch it a million times so on seven days my guys were selling like they've been doing it for years right the great presentation the whole thing and that's all just part of building a system just like just like you're saying so it's it's part of the automation aspect that takes a little bit of time but man, I can't tell you just how sweet it is when it's done and you're oh, using for it. Sure. You know, I mean, it's a game changer for the, for the, for the guys who are really looking to scale and grow their businesses. It's, it's critical. You can't, you can't do it any other way, right? You're going to get bogged down. You're going to cap out. You're going to level off. You got to be, you got to systems are so that you can be repeatable and scalable, right? That's what they're for. 
you know, along with everything else they come with, right? With, with cost savings and measurement and everything else, but that's how you scale. You can't scale if you're not tracking these numbers, not understanding your costs. Oh, look, if I buy in volume, I want to go to list level. Look, I can save X amount of dollars, you know, per piece, this, 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 put all that together. Now you can do projections on your scaling because you've got these systems in place. They're just invaluable. I mean, you just have to have them. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Well, that's, that's, I just love that. Okay. So if we got that, people understand systems, but now they've, you know, again, it's buzzwords. You hear it all the time. Right. Right. But now people need to understand this is the real deal, right? You know, that this is not next week. All right. Just understand there's a commitment. And when you make a commitment, that isn't just till tomorrow, you know, but, but your systems will change your business. They'll change your life. Very cool. So, let me, so we've got that, we've got all that stuff created and all that. Let's, let's move on to something like that's going to help. We're going to talk financial intelligence now, but in a kind of a different way, right? And you had brought this up to me before we jumped on this. And that's, and that's if everything ended tomorrow and you had to start over, what would you do differently? Right? Isn't that kind of your thing? Are you thinking about that? Now we've seen that in the last eight months, nine months here with COVID and everything else. A lot of people had to start over. Uh, people's business were taken from them, literally taken from them. It's criminal, but it happened, right? So they have to start over, find something else. So fill us in on your thoughts on that because you've been dwelling on this stuff for a while. Absolutely. So yeah, this has been kind of hot topic, um, hot topic for me even before COVID hit. Kind of really just, um, I actually, I think it was a, a gentleman by the name of Frank Kern was the first one that I heard him pose this question. He's a big marketing guy. Yep. And it was, you know, if, if you had to start over, you know, no email list, no clients, no, you know, no marketing, no sales, you had to start completely over, what would you do? And this is something that's just been ringing in my head. And I'll tell you a funny story is I actually had to do this with Facebook. So I, uh, during the whole COVID, I was out in Australia. We went out to Australia for a month in March. But when we were out there, we got stuck out there for four months um, because of COVID. Well, we get back home and... When we got back home, Facebook locked my account to verify my ID. It must have been all the travel or who knows why. Sent them in the information they requested and it's still locked. It's been locked for four months. So I literally had to start. I had, you know, a great following. I had a group with like 15, 1600 members in it. You know, and now I have no access to any of it. So I had to start over and ask myself that question, you know, what am I going to do now that I have to start over? So it, real life, you know, I mean, I had to go through real life, but as far as a business, um, again, this is something that's really been kind of ringing in my ears. And I've been asking a lot of people, a lot of business owners, you know, and it's surprising that I'll get, you know, I'll ask a guy, you know, what are you, what would you do? Well, you know, I wouldn't go into carpentry anymore. I would go into, you know, whatever, X, Y, Z. And you can really see the guys that have learned in business and have learned from the struggles and the experience and have gained wisdom and knowledge and the guys that just 
it's all about just chasing a dollar and doing a work and doing a job. And, uh, you know, so the one thing that I really emphasize on it is, you know, if I had to start a business over, if I was going to start a business tomorrow, um, I would not jump right into it. I, I wouldn't just go start building a deck or fences. I would stop and put together my values, my focus, you know, my, what I call my battle board, um, you know, with your, your benchmarks, your full why, how, what, um, what my target market is, better understanding of it. I would dig into the financial aspect of it. And it sounds like a lot of work, but this is the stuff that produces the longevity in business, right? These are the lessons that I learned early on in business that now if I apply at ground level in a business, I know that I'm setting a business up to succeed. I'm setting a business up for longevity. I'm setting a business up as kind of what my motto is to create a company that produces the lifestyle I desire, right? Not just to create a company that gets me a sale or, you know, um, essentially that I'm owning a job, but for the longevity of it. And, you know, looking at this whole concept, you know, brought up a story that I read in the book Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. I Great don't know book. if you've ever. Great book. Great, absolutely phenomenal. So in the beginning of the book, he tells a story about two guys and, you know, we're going to call them Jim and Bob. And they both were awarded a contract to bring water from a river source that was a mile away from the uh, village. So they were given the contract, both of them, to bring the water from the river source to the village and supply the village. So the day after they get the contract, Jim runs off and he gets himself a couple buckets and a bicycle and he starts hauling water from the river to the village, river to the village, and dumping it in their big concrete cistern. And he just runs back and forth. Well, Bob disappears. And Jim's like, this is great. My competition disappeared. I'm just going to keep hauling water. And what Bob did is he went out and he developed a business plan. And he got investors. And he engaged an engineer to design and build a pipeline. And he went and, you know, negotiated on material. And he had a construction company come out and build a pipeline from the river to the village. And then he had a plumber put a tap on the end of the pipeline. And while he's doing this, Jim is, Jim's making money. He's running bucketfuls of water back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So Bob comes and he finishes the pipeline and he has a grand opening of sorts and goes, you know what? Now, not only can I supply just bucketfuls of water to the village during the time that I'm, you know, providing water. If I'm sleeping at night, no water's in the village, but I can provide it 24 hours a day. 
I can provide as much water as you want. And in fact, I can do it cheaper. So Jim is there and he's forced to stay competitive to lower his prices. So Jim goes out and he buys more buckets so he can supply more water. He lowers his price so he can be more competitive. He buys lids for his buckets so he can provide cleaner water because the pipeline provides cleaner water. And Jim essentially lives and has no life outside of running buckets from the river to the cistern, to the village. And, you know, that whole concept of going out and building a business, not owning a job. And uh, if I had to start over today, I wouldn't run out and own a job, but I would sit back and I would build the business. Yeah, that's what it's about. It's, it is, it really is about that I have in, uh, in my ETOP Academy, our first course is from concept to creation, right? And it goes through a lot of those steps you just talked about, really honing in everything about your business, what it's going to be, where it is, who's your competitors, you know, what do you want from it, everything else, and it goes into exit strategy and stuff like that. But that's the important is to be able to have the patience, you know, to look at something and build something that's going to give you the desired result. You know, I see too many guys who are basically getting the next Friday. You know, that's where they're at. They're, they're happy they're making the next Friday. Like when you mentioned earlier about people who are going to wait till the down season, their seasonal business, and then they don't do it. Well, because they haven't done it. Well, I'm not talking about everybody, of course, big blanket statement here, but basically they're broke and they can't wait till spring to come because they're making money again. Right? They don't realize that they would have put these systems in place six months sooner. They'll be making more money. And guess what next winter will be like? Way better. Oh, right? Because they're going to have money. They're going to be on that vacation. They're going to be relaxed. They're going to be okay if, uh, if snow comes in April and they don't get to get out and work. Okay, they're okay. They're not, you know, chomping. They're not doing, you know, half quality work just so they can get paid to eat. Right? So that's, that's what it's about. It's about understanding what, what the, the vehicle your business truly is, as I call it the economic engine. You know, what kind of engine are you going to build? You know, where do you want it to take you? How fast? How long? What's going to happen with that? And that's what sitting back thinking about it, because you don't just slap an engine together, right? There's some engineering involved, right? Everything's got to work. It's got to be lube, right? It's got everything's got to function, work, you know, in unison, and boom, down the road you go. So that's what it's about. That's an excellent, you know, um, analogy what's used there with the buckets and everything so it's i think when we when we talk to people whether they're in business you know two months or 20 years 15 years eight years you know as number one lesson you always can learn more right but we want to we want to keep that open mind to understand that there's very very definitive things that you can do to make your business more of a business Right. Like you said, you may have a job right now. You might be the glorified employee still swinging a hammer or whatever, working ladders, doing whatever you do, and you want to get away from that. When you really, like you just said, sit down, spend a day, you know, no distractions to think about, is this the path I want to be on? Is, is this taking me where I want to go? You know, 
And, and if it's not, what's going to get me there? What's the business missing? Who do I have to talk to? What do I have to build for my business to be like that guy? The guy you're looking at who's always got it dialed in, spends more time off than he does working. You know what I mean? The things run smooth. He's growing. Why can't I be that guy? You know, well, because you're not approaching it that way. You know, this guy did the things that we were talking about. And it's important for people to understand you've got to make a clear cut path, understand where you're going to go, how you're going to get there. And then the most important thing is you got to stick to it. You got to remind yourself time and time again, day in, day out, week after week, month after month, where you're taking your business. So your decisions, every decision you make is focused on that, that end goal. You know, is, is this system, is this costing and projection system going to get where we want to go? Yes. Look, it's going to compress this amount of time. You know, in the long run, I'm going to save probably three years. I'm going to make, you know, an additional 7% profit on everything. You know, what does that do for my exit strategy? So you start putting this stuff together and pretty soon you've got, you've got a high speed vehicle, right? It took you a while to build it. But now it's finished and the pedals to the metal and you are going down the road at breakneck speed, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. This has been awesome. This has been so cool. So let me, you know, we've covered pretty much the basis of the financial aspects, the costing uh, systems, you know, again, thinking about your business to all of that. I know you provide a lot of the service, which is cool. So what I want you to do is give away for people to get in touch with you to talk to you about this stuff. I don't care if it's a website, emails, whatever you got, Joseph, just hook them up right now. Absolutely. So I can be reached at support at highperformingcontractor.com. Um, people can see uh, some of my product services at highperformingcontractor.com, uh, as well as on Facebook um, and if you're a contractor, definitely, I, I'd love if you're a business owner, join my Facebook group. It's a high performing contractor Facebook group and uh, lots of valuable information there. So uh, yeah, it would be great people uh, if they wanna get in touch with me, they can reach me there. I love it, man. I love it. Well, you brought a lot to the, to the show today, man. I really appreciate you taking the time and just, sharing your wisdom here and your systems and everything else. So it's, it is, I can't emphasize that enough. We, I talk about it in my book. I talk about the Academy. It's just, it's, it's so important. But my final takeaway is just one more reminder. It takes time. It's not a flip of a switch. Take that away with your body. You need them. You have to have them, but understand the commitment to systems and processes is not tomorrow. Okay, it's going to take time, but man, when it's done, look out. You're going to live like no one else does in your business, I'll tell you, right? Absolutely. Awesome. Joseph, thank you so much. I appreciate the time. Uh, man, let's have you on again, too. I'll probably get you in the academy, too, to talk to my to my students, all my, all my great people in my academy, too, and we'll share some of your knowledge with them, all right? Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Thanks, Joseph. Thank you for listening to the E-Top Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you liked what you've heard, please leave a great review for us. Your subscription and review helps us reach more people so we can show them how to escape the owner prison. Also, 
Check out the links in the show notes about today's guests and more ways to connect with ETOP on social media. Stay strong and keep moving forward with your business.